Late one night in the eerie light above an outdoor basketball court, Cedric Powell became a crip. He was 15 years old. His parents were church-going, praying Christians. They taught their children to read the Bible and pray. But young Cedric had wanted to fit in. He wanted the nice stuff his friends had, the expensive sneakers and shirts and jeans. Mom and dad had said no. Once he had wanted something so bad, he had prayed and asked God for it. But his parents had said no. And he figured God meant no, too. I cursed God. I shook my fist at him. I was so angry, he says. Money to buy things was the reason he beat up his younger brother. When his dad intervened, a scuffle broke out. Cedric stormed off. I'm never coming back to this house again, he shouted as he left. And that's the day Satan took over my life, he says now. The devil was waiting for me. With no place to stay, he had walked to a friend's apartment and slumped on his couch. He noticed that every 20 minutes, a knock on the door. His friend took a visit to the back bedroom and came out a few minutes later, stuffing cash into his pocket. And how you get that money, Cedric had asked. The boy had pulled out a plastic bag from his pants pockets to show him three white rocks. That's crack cocaine, he had said. Within two weeks, Cedric says he made more money than he could spend. He noticed his friend and his friend's friends always wore blue. Man, what's with that, he asked. You want to know the second part of the game, the friend asked. That led him to the concrete basketball court in South Dallas late one night. This is Cedric, his friend told a circle of young men, y'all get him in. The group jumped him in. That's the first part of being a crip, he says. It was the second part, and I did that too. With the crips, it's blood in and blood out. Over the next six years, Cedric Powell rose to the top of one of the nation's most violent and notorious gangs. The crips gave me acceptance. They became my family. I got lost in that world. I became an animal. The crips wore blue. The bloods wore red. I hated red, Cedric says. A red car once pulled up beside him at a traffic light and the crypt shot it up. They beat up people just for wearing red. People who had nothing to even do with a gang. The crypt spray painted a warning at the entrance of their neighborhood. You are entering crypt territory. No red allowed. When police cars entered the hood, Cedric and his buddies would climb on rooftops and throw rocks at their cars and beer bottles. In time, the police stopped coming. Even to answer 9-11 calls. We were always drinking or taking drugs or fighting. We'd take our guns and go into a restaurant or go to the movies and pick a fight. And we'd always spray our Crips tag so the police would know who had been there. Cedric lost his best friend when he was 16. Willie T was 13. We were young. We went to clubs packing guns together. Willie T was twirling a forty-four Magnum he didn't realize was loaded and went off in his face. Anthony Ray was another. Anthony taught us everything about the drug game. He became so successful that he, bought, he brought in a friend to help him, but Anthony's friend didn't keep it real with his dealers, and the dealers held Anthony accountable. They took him off and cut him open. They poured gasoline into his wounds. Then they put him in his truck and set his truck on fire. The only way the police knew it was my friend 
was about the gold fillings in his teeth. But Cedric saw no red flags, no warnings about his own future. Anthony's killers just made me want to get the people that got my friend. I accepted the fact that this is the way I was going to die. You live by the gun, you die by the gun, was the creed. As the years ticked off, Cedric saw more than 275 of his friends die, 150 before their 20th birthday. Once Cedric got into a major fight with drug dealers because he had beaten up their cousin, they jumped me. So I got my friends and came back and I shot up their house. They wanted me dead after that. His mom, whom he rarely saw, persuaded Cedric to spend a weekend with her in Houston, attending a church retreat. Why, I don't know. I didn't do church, he says. When he returned to Dallas, he heard one of his friends had been killed while he was gone. Those drug dealers had dressed in ninja suits and stepped into the middle of the street. All we want is Cedric. Where is he? They asked my friends. Everyone went to shooting and a crip was killed. Two days later, Cedric was walking through a graveyard when he saw the same dealers coming up behind him. He took off running. At least 10 people shot at me, but no bullet hit me. To make even more money, Cedric and his pals began kicking in doors of dope houses and robbing the dealers. My friends were put on ski masks, but not me. I wasn't scared. In 1991, a buddy took Cedric to rob construction workers who sold meth on the side. I didn't know he had robbed him earlier, he says. So when Cedric led the way through the front door, the men inside already had guns drawn. They shot from point-blank range, but nothing hit me. I turned and rushed out. My friend followed me in and back out. I went one way, he went another. I saw him stumble as he turned the corner of the house. Cedric found his way to a prearranged meeting spot where he waited for hours. I could see the house from where I sat, he says. I saw police cars and ambulance drive up the next morning. I learned my friend had been killed. We got nothing from that house. My friend died for nothing. Cedric wandered the streets in a daze. It shook me up, he remembers. Several days later, a patrol car spotted him near his uncle's house and called for backup. At the same time, other Crip members pulled up. They opened the trunk of their cars and prepared for war. But I was tired, Cedric says, shrugging. I was tired of running, tired of the violence. He held up his hands. Here I am. Put the cuffs on me. Cedric was charged with aggravated robbery and handed a 65-year sentence without the possibility of parole. He was barely 21 years old. This is part one of Blood Out, How the Leader of the Crips Found Christ. And uh, I had this for many years. Uh, It's posted by permission by the Spirit of the Day. First published August 2016. And so... We'll resume with part two next week. We'll see y'all next week. Trip to Christ podcast.